Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and today on the program, via Zoom, because we're still working from the home office, I have a great guest. She is a world-renowned burlesque performer and content creator. Here's my Zoom interview with Michelle Lamour. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. We are both uh, sheltering in place on either coast here, uh, so uh, hopefully we won't have any technical difficulties. Uh, and you know, we mentioned your project, uh, Quarantine Cabaret, on a previous show, uh, so people hopefully uh, know about it a little bit uh, if they haven't caught it. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but first I want to talk to you about you and kind of see... Um, how you got started uh, in, in showbiz, uh, you're a burlesque performer, so that's a little bit different than, we usually have like filmmakers and actors and, and people in that, uh, that side of the business, but this is independent entertainment, that's what we call it, and you are definitely an independent uh, entertainer. So how did you get started? What is your origin story, so to speak? Yeah, it's funny, you keep saying the word independent. So when I was a kid, one of the memories that stands out for me the most is when I was standing with my dad in church and I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight or something. And he says, well, you know, she's very independent. And just the way he said it, I knew that it was bad, <laughs> but I didn't know what independent meant. Um, and so I remember asking him later as we, we left the group of people, you know, what does independent mean? And he's like, well, it just means you like to do things your own way. And I thought, well, what's so wrong with that? <laughs> so that's like deep into my origin story of independence. But um, getting to burlesque, I, I started doing burlesque uh, about 17 years ago now. And I started doing it after college. I went to U of I in Champaign and I studied finance. And I was incredibly bored and um, not not really seeing myself at the desk every day. I, you know, I tried to be normal. I tried to get a real job, um, but that just wasn't doing it for me. So I had studied dance. I had been studying dance um, since I was 15, which is relatively late for a girl to start studying, but I was smitten, completely obsessed with it, and that's what I wanted to do. So when the opportunity came around for me to choreograph and dance in a burlesque show, I just said yes uh, without knowing anything about it. <laughs> so um, when I heard the music, though, I heard the classic bump and grind music. Um, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I've been doing in my bedroom alone all through high school. So <laughs> like, for some reason, uh, this is where I'm meant to be. I mean, that's something that could kind of fall into, but it's not like, if you came up from a traditional dance, if you're taking jazz and ballet and tap, you know, it, uh, which most of the time doesn't involve taking your clothes off, uh, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. So what was it about this type of, of performing that you went, oh, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Cause like, this is your career. Like this is what you do for a living. It's not a hobby. It's, you know, this is like, this is your life basically. Um, yeah. How do, like, how do you get to that point? 
<laughs> yeah, um, lots of twists and turns. I'll tell you what. Um, I after I graduated from uh, college, um, I went back into dance, regular you know dance, and I was teaching dance and um, doing burlesque at night after I was done with classes and doing shows in Chicago. And I ended up getting some attention because there wasn't anything going on in Chicago at the time. And um, I got some attention for it. And then the mothers of the kids saw some of the articles and didn't necessarily like what Miss Michelle was up to after hours. So um, I stopped teaching dance and then just went full on into burlesque and just kind of made it up as I went along. So. I produce shows with my husband and I teach, I started teaching classes at a, um, like a lingerie sex store in Chicago. And that's how I started teaching classes. And it wasn't hard for me to teach classes cause I was already teaching regular dance. So I just had to kind of figure out like, what are the, the ins and outs, so to speak of burlesque and how, like, how do I really break down what this art form is? So, um, it was kind of a natural, evolution, I guess. You also, one of the reasons that we're talking to you now is because of, of projects like Quarantine Cabaret, but you use media a lot. Like you put out a lot of video uh, and, you know, I think for uh, people who, who do this time, do what you do, um, you're, you have a greater media exposure probably than, than some people. Uh, and you use media in a unique way. So I wanted to kind of ask you like how you came to do that, like using Vimeo, using Patreon and kind of like, was this just a, a natural evolution? Was this a, a big awakening where you said, Oh, I have to do this or it's a survival technique. Like how does that, how does that fit into your, um, your career? Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny that, um, you have that perception of me <laughs> because I do just see it as like an extension of, of what I need to do. And also it, it, it was also um, just another outlet for me. I think the social media outlets that I have available to me are not kind to the art that I do. And, you know, I'm not the only one. There's, there's many other women um, in the arts who who struggle with social media and you know I can't actually show what it is that I do on Instagram or Facebook I have to be very careful and um, I've been disabled on Instagram and shadow banned and and I've been banned on YouTube so I can't I can't post anything on YouTube and it just happened there was no warning. Um, they didn't even say why I was banned, but just everything that I put up is gone. So it's like, I have no control over my artistic output on that level. And which is a big level. I mean, YouTube is a verb. It's not a thing. It's a verb. And so that whole outlet is completely unavailable to me, um, which is insanely frustrating. So things like Patreon and Vimeo are good for me because I can do what I actually do. And Patreon's really great because I can experiment and I don't, I don't have to stick within the guidelines of burlesque. And 
I feel like even within burlesque, I don't stick within those guidelines, but still, you know, I can, I can expand more into being the most naked woman. And that's, that's the most naked woman. That's, that's kind of, that's how you build yourself. Uh, and yeah. mm-hmm. follow-up questions to that, because I've, I've wondered about this nickname. Um, now, there is nudity in what you do, but is that also a, a, a metaphorical uh, nakedness? Is it how you kind of expose yourself to an audience or how you've opened up to an audience? Yeah, so it's definitely twofold. I mean, it, it definitely refers to my level of undress, but it also refers to my desire to be authentic and vulnerable on stage. And that has always been very important to me, even from the very beginning. I never wanted to be a character. I never wanted to present something that I wasn't. So even though all my acts are very different, they're all different pieces of me and and how I've grown throughout the years. I think the first time I saw you perform, you were in New York at a club that doesn't exist anymore. Was it Corey's? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, this was a long time ago. and uh, Very long time. You know, and I, I think I saw you do the, the Snow White routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you since evolved then. Um, and I, I, I think that's one of the, I think one of the keys to your success is how creative you are in terms of not, you know, because it's like, well, how, how many different ways can you do this sort of thing? Um, and you've been very innovative oh, yeah. in that way. Um, yeah, it's, it's important to me to be, to be innovative. It's, it's an art form with so much history. And yes, we can all take off our clothes. Absolutely. Um, it's a very DIY kind of art form, but I, I like to figure out all the different kinds of ways I could take off a shirt. <laughs> what also interests me about uh, burlesque is the community of it. Because it, it, there is a real... Um, club kind of thing like there, there's people who do this and they all i don't know if they i don't know how competitive it is i don't know maybe i'm wrong but i do kind of perceive it as uh, a, a not every man for himself or every woman for herself kind of uh community and that's kind of what i saw with quarantine cabaret because you were able to put this project together with all these different performers and it, it's it, it was like that and you had a you had a show and I, and I can only say, I yeah. can only assume that you did that quickly because you knew all these people and you had, or had performed with them before. And you like, you must've had some sense of a community there that you could put this out. I, am I correct in that assumption? Well, yes. I mean, there's definitely a, a big community and I'm very lucky to have a lot of friends within it and all over the world. Um, so that's really special, but I'm not going to romanticize it and say that everyone is super supportive and it's all the same, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, people, people are competitive. There are some like really nasty things that go down. Um, I think it's just like any other industry. I mean, it's showbiz, you know? (laughs) Um, but for quarantine cabaret, really the idea happened, I think it was March 16th and we put out two shows on March 20th. So that's a really fast 
turnaround. So I shot out a bunch of emails. Hey, do you want to do this crazy thing? This is weird. I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. I'm going to host a show from my living room. Do you want to tape your dance in your kitchen? Like, let's do a show. <laughs> so, um, so that's what happened with Quarantine Cabaret. And I'm actually having so much fun with it. I love it. Uh, talk a little bit more about that project because for people who haven't seen it, uh, so you you're like the MC uh, of this uh, of this web series in a sense, and you you also perform in it. Mm -hmm. But kind of talk about the other people involved and the other types of acts, and kind of uh, if if you had to if you had to give me like a a Hollywood logline for it, what would that be? Oh, the logline would be top tier talent from all over the world, from our living room to yours. So <laughs> we have uh, music, musicians, magicians, contortion acts, pole dancers, jugglers, burlesque. It's really all over the place. And each show features three performers and myself. And it's about 25 minutes every episode. So it's totally binge worthy. And you guys shoot everything vertically, right? Yeah, it's a great phone show. I mean, it's not really a style that we really do very often, but we're, you know, we're trying to make things up as, as we go and thought maybe strategically, vertically might be the best way to go, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be working. And the type yeah. of stuff you're doing, is this, do you feel like it's more traditional uh, in terms of burlesque or is it um, more innovative? Is it a mix of, uh, of all of the above? Yeah, I mean, the, sh the show really runs the gamut. We have definitely a lot of crazy comedic performance art type of acts. Um, I will point to your fellow New Yorker, Peekaboo Point, on that. She does a hysterical act featuring tons of rolls of toilet paper and so um, I wouldn't call that traditional necessarily, but yeah, it's, it's, it is traditional in the sense that it's pasties and g-string, I guess, when the, the burlesque is, is concerned, but we are going to be releasing a Quarantine Cabaret uncensored version, and that is going to be coming out in May, so we're working on that now and um, putting all that together. But that's going to be um, not free to watch. It's going to be a, a paid show. And how are you setting that up through your Patreon? No, we're going to do it uh, password protected on Vimeo. And you're going to have to have, uh, you're going to have to buy a ticket to get the video link and the password. And um, it is going to be, you know, no pasties, no G-string. Um, that sort of thing. And it'll be shot horizontally. <laughs> um, so you get to see the full, uh, the full show. Um, yeah. I, I, th yeah. I, I saw what you guys were doing. I, I picked up on it right away. Cause I thought, Oh, this is a brilliant idea. Like it's, it's one of those ideas that is so simple uh, and often simple. I, we say a lot of times in film that simple does not equal easy. Uh, but I thought this is just a perfect, simple idea that is uh, something that people could put together uh, and, you know, fairly quickly kind of thing. Because you guys turned it around so fast. Um, and, you know, you're also responding to a marketplace of, you know, you do live events and that's something we can't do now. So I was like, well, what else, what are you going to do? You yeah. have to figure out how to, how to way to, to bring the experience to people. Um, so I just thought that was great. And I hope that, you know, people right. 
uh, I hope people in, in more traditional style media can learn a lesson from that, you know, and, and learn how to kind of deal with this, you know, roll with the punches, so to speak. I think artists in general are very good at adapting to any situation. So we lost all of our jobs in a matter of hours. So, okay, what, what are we going to do with this? And other performers, of course, are out of work. And, you know, we initially thought of this idea. We thought, well, maybe we'll charge $5 of you or whatever. And then the more things progressed and how quickly things were progressing, I just, I wanted to make it a free show because it's not about the money. People, people can tip. They can tip with Venmo and PayPal and you know, I encourage that because I, I share it with all the performers in the episodes, but I didn't want to make it cost prohibitive to people. I wanted people who are having a bad day to be able to tune in to Quarantine Cabaret and just feel a little bit of normalcy and feel happy and laugh and get inspired, feel a little sexy. Um, so it's, it's a lot more to me than just trying to make some money even though I need it and it's important, but <laughs> so is the other stuff. For a lot of other performers and, and people, media creators as well, might be in this type of predicament. I mean, do you have, you've only been doing this for a little while, but do you have any advice that you would give any other creators out there or performers like yourself who are kind of looking to get their art to the masses when they can't bring them to a theater or to, a, 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 to the cinema? Yeah, I, I always live by the model, uh, the motto that there's opportunity and obstacles. It's kind of how I've lived my whole life. And so I'm very used to thinking this way. And like I said, being an artist and maybe especially a, a burlesque performer, you're, you encounter so many different scenarios and you have to think very quickly and you have to figure out how to make it work not only as a performer, but especially as a producer. So I think it is best in these situations to see these obstacles as an opportunity that maybe you just don't see yet. So just think, think harder. <laughs> I, I think that's great advice. It's definitely something we have to do all the time because, you know, especially as independent artists and people, you know, like we, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm using zoom. I, you know, I hate the video quality and I, but you know, it's a tool that allows me to talk to you who I, you know, I probably wouldn't get to come to Brooklyn anytime soon, you know, so uh, I'm taking advantage of it. And, and I think we all have to kind of adapt like that. Um, so now we do have some time left. And I wanted, I broached this with you before okay. we started rolling, but I wanted to see because, uh, as I mentioned in uh, my last episode, because of the passing of uh, James Lipton, who uh, headed up the program inside the actor's studio, he did this wonderful uh, questionnaire, which he borrowed from uh, Bernard Pivo, and uh, who did it for a couple of shows. Of course, he did them in, in French. And uh, one was called Apostrophe, and I can't pronounce the other one because my French is terrible but it's a great questionnaire <laughs> and uh, I want so I wanted to do it briefly with you and there's no pressure or anything but I think it would be fun so uh, okay, we'll I'm go, we'll now. Go, go from the top and, <laughs> and uh, we'll um, 
you know, do this as, as spontaneous as, a, you know, a word association, uh, you know, sort of a Freudian word association is how I, I see it. Um, All right. Okay. So, Michelle, what is your favorite word? Oh, okay. It's like, I don't know. I, I want to say like pussy <laughs> or cunt. <laughs> I want to say it. And so I'm saying it. <laughs> there, there is a, there is a question later for what is your favorite curse word? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but do you, so do you have, you sort of answered that one first, but do you have, do you have a favorite word other than that one? I mean, the word that's coming to mind now is awkward. <laughs> I like, I like, I like that the word awkward actually looks awkward mm. <laughs> as it's spelled. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so. Why not? So. Um, I think, I think I'm blushing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, with this picture, we can hardly tell. Um, by, the, by the end, it will both look like a mosaic. Uh, but uh, so the next question, what, and I'm almost afraid to ask, <laughs> um, what sound or noise do you love? Okay. I, I, I know what you think I'm going to say, but I'm not going to say that. I, I really like the sound. <laughs> I really like the sound of bare feet walking on a wood floor great um so the the converse of that is the next question uh, what is the sound or noise that you hate people eating anybody eating i hate it i hate it it's Good. gross i have to turn music on for every meal i can't do it that's a true story <laughs> so the next one is um and this is creatively speaking, uh, what turns you on? What, uh, what gets you, what gets your thinking going? What, what kind of stirs the creative juices kind of thing? I mean, there's so much, but I think, I think I would say talent in general. Um, when I see someone who's very good at what they're doing and they're, they're in their element, that turns me on in a and the the opposite uh what would turn you off uh ignorance I'm not going to make any commentary about the world today uh, so um yeah <laughs> okay. and yeah. then the, this next question uh you answered uh already but uh maybe you have a different answer uh what is your favorite curse word okay fuck is my favorite curse word but i'm going to go back because i don't feel like pussy and cunt are curse words they're like really lovely words. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to take those back. Okay. Um, not judging the word, but um, you know, this does I around television. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's where, oh, that's, that's that where my criteria say? Hmm? Say it again. Oh. Should I not have said that? Is that oh, bad? It's, no, it's fine. Um, and you know, this, it's I not forgot. like we're, we're not on live. This is an NBC, which is really good. Um, so the final question uh, is, um, if God exists, what would you like to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates? Uh, nailed it. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> no, that's pretty good. Nailed it is pretty good. Um, and that's all, that's all I got for you. Um, but uh, thank you so much uh, for, for people who uh, are interested in seeing and knowing more about you or Quarantine Cabaret, where can they find you on the web? You can find me on Instagram at Michelle Amore or um, at quarantine.cabaret or my website is michelleamore.com and quarantine-cabaret.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's all we got for you today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, including our movie reviews, visit our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com. And be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Michelle Lamour. And for Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. 